Welcome to Coach Bennett's Podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Coach Bennett's podcast. And this one, this one's a fun one. And I, you know, I can say that it's, this episode is a long time in the making because I can't really have a 2,000 days in a row episode until I've run 2,000 days in a row, which I did Uh, A little over a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago. I don't know. I'm not sure. The point is it started at the end of May 2018. And this episode is going to be about what I've learned along the way through the streak. Specifically through the streak. And it began, like I said, late May uh, 2018. And it didn't start as hey, let's see if I can run for five plus years in a row. It really just started as, I'm going to try to run every day in June. And it was because my running had gotten really inconsistent. Like, really inconsistent. So inconsistent, I was not going for a run for chunks of time. Like, I was looking back and I would go for a run for like two or three days in a row. And then I wouldn't go for a run for a week or 10 days or two weeks, yes. So something something was up. And I looked at it as an opportunity to say, okay, you know what? Let's do let's do a small commitment here. Let's try to run every day in June. Now I'm telling myself this back in 2018, and I'm trying to convince myself it's a small commitment, but it was a massive commitment. There's one thing that I believe has been a consistent issue with my running and it's been being consistent with my running there have been um hurdles that i've had to go over and often i didn't make it over i would you know my back trail leg would catch the hurdle and i would fall gracelessly to the ground now i'm using obviously a metaphor here i I don't really ever hurdle um which is also because I would fall gracelessly to the ground. And now I'm rambling, which is another one of my issues that I got to deal with. But let's get back to the story, which is I have always had a problem being consistent with my running, which is, you know, something that you can define in a lot of different ways. And it means something different to almost everyone. To me, my inconsistency with running was really born out of laziness. It wasn't that I'm injury prone. It wasn't that I lacked motivation. It was really just I was lazy. It's not that I didn't have time to run. These are all real issues that people have. And they beat themselves up over. And sometimes it's fair. And sometimes it's not. But the point is I didn't have these legitimate excuses. And sometimes you do have a legitimate excuse for why you can't run. You know, sometimes you are injured. Sometimes you are sick. Sometimes you really do need an easy day. 
Not an easy run. You need an easy day. You need a full rest day. No running. Sometimes no run is the best run. There are a host of reasons why you don't run every day. Most of those reasons were not applicable to me. The reason why I wasn't running on these days was because I was just lazy. I was supposed to run. I was capable of running. I should have run. I had the time to run. And I didn't. So I had that issue forever. Whether it was high school, if we didn't have practice, I wasn't going for a run. Now some days I wasn't supposed to run. Great. The days that I was supposed to run, I wasn't running. Not on my own. If we had practice, whoo baby, I'm going to give you 100%. And I prided myself on that. I did not have the same pride in how I trained on my alone days because there was no training taking place on those alone days. And there's no reason to try to defend my actions because it wasn't, well, your body was telling you that you needed a day off. No, it wasn't. My body was saying, dude, you need to go out and run. And I was saying back to my body, "Uh uh-uh, too lazy. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing or go out or try to convince myself that the best thing I could do was not run. And it was truly laziness. And this was something that actually caused a lot of problems in my training and also how I developed my relationship initially with running because I resented, I think, the fact that running was bouncing back to me a really important truth, which was you could be better at a lot of different things and you're holding yourself back. You're, you truly are your own worst enemy. You're lazy, Chris. By the way, my name is Chris. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but my, my name is actually Chris. It's not Coach. My mom did not name me Coach, you know? Patricia Bennett, thank you for not naming me Coach. She named me Christopher, so my name is Christopher. But, uh, I'm, you know, it was obvious that if I wanted to get better, I needed to run. It was obvious that one of the things I was going to need to come to terms with at some point, if I wanted the chance to get even close to my potential, to get even, uh, you know, within striking distance of being my best. I was going to have to come to terms with the fact that I'm really lazy, that I am missing quality work. I am missing opportunities to get better. Every time I decide I'm not going to run for an illegitimate reason. So, My inconsistency has plagued me throughout my lifetime as a runner. And it really wasn't until uh, really the end of my college career that I started to deal with it and I started to get more consistent with my running. And then when I ran for Nike, um, even then early on, I was inconsistent. But but towards the end, I became way more consistent. And what's funny is when I finally, I think, had figured it out, when I finally had come to terms with the fact that, hey, your inconsistency is what's holding you back, I was just getting to the very end of my really competitive career as a runner. I only had like maybe a year left where I was really going to go for it in terms of I'm going to try to run as fast as I can in the mile and the 5K and the 1500 and the 800 and I'm going to race track and field. I had about a year left. 
And that was probably my most consistent year of running, which is an, a whole entire other story of, you know, it's, it was my most consistent running, but my most inconsistent year of doing some of the things around running that help you to run better. Because if you, here's a little side note here. If you want to be as, as great of a runner as you possibly can be, it's not all about the running. So we'll have an episode about that down the road. But for now, this is just a little backstory about kind of how this streak is uh, was not expected, was not planned, and uh, at the end of the day is something I'm actually really, really proud of, really proud of. So let's go back to 2018. It's May. I'm running inconsistently, which, like I mentioned, is something I consistently do, and I figured, you know what, let's see if we can just run every day in June. Now... I, I put in a little insurance policy for myself because in the past when I've done this, this wasn't new. If you're, if you're an inconsistent runner, you make these deals with yourself all the time. Like, let's see if we can run every day this week or let's see if we can run every day in June. You know, this is something I've had a conversation with myself multiple times. But this time, I made a slight tweak to this goal, okay, of running every day in June 2018. And I can remember where this idea actually came to me. I was on a run in Tryon Park, which is in Portland, Oregon, and I knew I had to leave to go to Albuquerque, New Mexico the next day, which is, I'm only bringing that up because I always equate um, this streak with the trip to Albuquerque where I was going to speak to um, some of the youth leaders of Wings of America. By the way, Wings of America, unbelievable organization. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you to check it out because if you have the ability to support a great organization like wings of america you should okay so like from they they put together youth programs for for native runners for native american runners okay and they help develop these athletes um they they give them the opportunity to also lead and become coaches i mean it's just an awesome organization and they put together teams to get to travel at national championships. They've got a long history of great runners. So anyway, um, I knew I had to leave the next day, and I had never been to New Mexico before. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to run the days that I'm there because it's beautiful where I'm going. That'll be fun. So I know I'll be able to knock off a couple of days there. This was the end of May. And I thought, well, since I know I'm going to run three days in a row, like how, like let's keep the momentum. Let's see if we can run every day in June. But... Unlike the past where I would say something like, well, okay, um, let's try to run every day this week or this month and we'll run for, you know, 5K or more or we'll run for at least 20 minutes. And that would always end up being a stumbling block. On this run, I thought, you know what? Five minutes. Five minutes. If my back's against the wall and my normal, you know, crisp behavior pops up where I'm, I'm just rapid fire coming up with excuses of why I can't go for a 5k run or why I can't go for a 20 minute run. And if I can't run for at least 5k, then the streak is done. Or if I can't run for at least 20 minutes, it's not a real run to run less than 20 minutes. I I got humble. And I thought, you know what, going out for a five minute run, first of all, counts. And second of all, if I go out for a five minute run, and I feel good, 
Maybe I'll run for 7 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes. But no matter what, if I run for 5 minutes, it counts. I'll come back. I need to develop the habit. I need to strengthen the muscle of showing up consistently. We can work on what comes next, next. But let's develop the muscle of showing up first. And that's where I used to get screwed up in the past. I would say it's not enough to just show up. you got to show up and you've got to run at least 5K. And I thought, you know what? I'm not doing any of that stuff. So let's start with the first stride. And for me, the first stride was showing up, that stride to get to the starting line. I wasn't even getting to the starting line. So I thought, all right, let's develop the, the capability, the habit, the strength, the muscle to get to the starting line. And then I'm going to make it as easy as possible for me to cross the starting line because I'm not going to have 5,000 meters on the other side of the line. I'm not going to have a minimum of 20 minutes on the other side of the starting line. I'm going to have five minutes, which means go run out two and a half minutes and come home. I can go out for two and a half minutes. <laughs> I, can, I can do that. And I can do that in a lot of different situations. I can do that when I've supposedly got no time. I can do that when I've got a stomach full of delicious tacos. I can do that after I've had a couple of beers. I can go out two and a half minutes and I can run home. I can do this in jeans. You know what I mean? Which, which I have. So I said, you know what? Let's just focus on running every day. And let's develop that unbelievably powerful, badass trait of humility and stop being this this jerk who thinks, well, if you can't run 5K, that's not a real run. Oh, shut up. Shut up, Chris. Where, where, where are you coming up with this arbitrary number that you're just pulling out of the air? It's got to be 5K. It's got to be two miles. It's got to be 20 minutes. Shut up. So in my head, I figured, what's a distance I think that will give me the opportunity to potentially go more, you know, five minutes in, is right around that time where I'm like, ooh, I'm already five minutes in. So it was enough time for me where I'm like, let's take advantage of all of the qualities, all of the strengths that I may have. And I thought, well, one of the strengths I've got is once I get going, I'm going. Like, I just need to start. So I set it up where, okay, five minutes. It's going to be a five-minute minimum. And let's see what happens. So the next couple of days, I'm in Albuquerque. I have some gorgeous runs. One funny thing is I went... <laughs> I went on my first run in Albuquerque. I found a trail. Um, I looked it up. I drove to it. Absolutely gorgeous. There's something about going to a place that you've never been before where I think you're just hyper aware of everything around you and you start seeing things almost in like technicolor. And I'll just give you an example. I'm on this trail and I think because I've never been to New Mexico, which means I've never been to Albuquerque, I'm running and the colors of the flowers just seemed more vibrant, richer. Now, I'm not saying that the colors in Albuquerque of their, their flowers are more vibrant, but they seemed more vibrant, and I think it was because I was looking at them in a different way. Again, this is just, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here. This isn't about so much the, the streak. It's just about one of the runs at the beginning of the streak. It was just an, another thing to remember that, one, when you're somewhere new, it's, you know, make sure you have your eyes open because you will take in things in a slightly different way. But the flip side of that is 
I also realized I think I'm taking for granted some of my runs back home. Like I'm running by maybe some flowers that I'm not noticing because I'm ignoring them. I'm taking them for granted. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, the purple is strikingly beautiful back at Tryon Park in Portland as the purple is here in Albuquerque. But I'm checking out the purple in Albuquerque and I'm ignoring it back in Portland. So just keep your eyes open because I think there's some magic everywhere you go. Um, And it doesn't disappear, I think. You know, magical places, I think, maintain their magic. I think we're the ones who can lose it. So, you know, find your magic, bring it back to you on a run. Okay, back to the streak. So, June goes by. And this is the thing that's kind of nuts. I get through June, which was a really, really big deal. And I can remember having a conversation early on with Tammy where she was like, are you going to keep going in July? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to keep running because it's not that big of a deal. It's just five minutes. And... I think what was was happening early on, and this has this has been maintained throughout the streak, is I realized whether the run was five k, twenty minutes, or five minutes, I was proud of the fact that I went for a run. It wasn't even so much about the streak because I didn't there was it wasn't a streak after June, it was no longer a streak. I didn't think I was going to run every day in July. I didn't think I was going to get to 61 or 63 or whatever it was going to end up being at the end of July. I just found myself running every day because I suddenly had a powerful excuse to go for a run, which was you just have to go for five minutes. That had never been a legitimate excuse in my running life. And it suddenly was. You can go for a five-minute run. And I can always do a five-minute run. I don't care how unmotivated I am. I I can go do a five-minute run. And I know that at the end of the five minutes, I'm going to be proud of myself for doing a five-minute run. Which is really nice to know that in five minutes of movement, I can be proud of myself. And little did I know that was a, a seed that was planted very, very early on that would turn into this, you know, epic, gigantic powerful i'm trying to think of i don't know anything about trees an oak tree oak trees are super powerful right yeah so it seemed like it turned into a big giant oak tree just go with me all right let's get into what i've learned along the way now that you have the backstory of how it started okay so we're now 2000 plus days into this streak what did i learn okay well the first thing i learned is I don't need to run every day. <laughs> it's a, It seems like an odd thing to lead with, but I think it's a super important thing to say. I don't need to run every day. And there are a host of reasons why I don't need to run every day. One is I don't need to run every day to be a runner every day. I don't need to run every day to become a better runner every day. I don't need to run every day to prove to myself or to anyone else that I am a runner. I am running every day because every day so far in the last 2,000 plus days, it has helped more than it has hindered. I have ended every run better than when I started. And that is a rule that I've got. 
that is a rule that supersedes any authority this streak has, which is, I'm not going to go for a run just to keep the streak going. I, I don't think that's a valuable reason to run. I'm not going for runs because, well, I got to go for a run because it's day 812 and I've done 811 in a row. That's not a good enough reason for me. Why? What's the point of just continuing something that is only another X on the calendar? There has to be more, okay? I have to end with more and not less. And you can end with less if you go for a run sometimes for the wrong reasons in the wrong circumstances. I'll give you some examples. I've had uh, some great um, luck. I mean, luck's probably the wrong word, but over the last five years, I haven't really gotten very sick. And I also haven't had any serious injuries. I've been run down for sure. I've had issues, many issues. I mean, five plus years. I mean, I've rolled my ankle stepping off a curb. I've rolled my ankle on the trail. I've uh, had cramps in my hamstring and my calves. Um, I've had little hip issues. I've had knee issues. But I have a rule that if I go for a run and I end up worse than I started, I'm not going to do the run. So when I've been run down... um, I've had these discussions where if I go for a five-minute run pretty easy, is this going to help me? Is, am I going to feel better at the end of this run? Will I be healthier at the end of this run? If so, I'm going to go for this run. But if I do this run and I come back and I'm sicker, I'm more run down, I'm not doing the run. If my knee is going to be worse at the end of this run, I'm not going for this run. If my Achilles is worse at the end of this run than it is right now with me standing on the starting line, I'm not doing this run. If I'm doing this run only because of the streak, I'm not doing this run. And it's one of the reasons why I've been able to consistently run. Now, dismiss the streak for a minute. Having these conversations with myself about myself is one of the reasons why I've been running consistently. So remember, this doesn't have to lead to a streak. What I want is I want to be running consistently and loving it constantly. It doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. It doesn't mean in the moment I'm going to be like having this rapturous, oh my God, I love running. But I know that running is good for me, okay? as long as I don't abuse this relationship with running. So having these conversations is what has allowed me to run so consistently over the last five plus years. But the undercurrent here of all of it is I don't need to run every day. If you think about what I'm really asking myself is, is this run a benefit? And if it's not, don't go for a run, which is a really powerful conversation to have with yourself because what you'll realize is that you don't have to run every day to be a runner every day. You don't have to run every day to get better at running every day. And in fact, sometimes no run 
is the best run or sometimes a shorter run is better than a longer run or sometimes an easier run is better than a hard run. These are adjustments you need to make sometimes and it takes strength and it takes confidence to make those decisions. We always think that, oh, you know, it's hardcore to run hard and long all the time. It's hardcore to run every day. It's hardcore to have no days off. Oh, shut up. That is such a load of malarkey. And I'm trying to swear less, by the way. It's just one of those things I'm trying to do. So it is hardcore to do the right thing. That's what's hardcore. And sometimes the right thing is to run less, less minutes, less distance. Sometimes the right thing to do is to run at an easier pace. Sometimes the hardcore thing to do, because it's the right thing to do, is to run, not at all, to take a day off. And for some of you, sometimes, or maybe all the time, that's the hardest thing of all. It's not hard for you to go for a run. It's not hard for you to make it to a starting line and then cross it. What's hard for you is not crossing the starting line, walking away not running, even if it's the best thing for you. So let me just tell you, the number one thing I learned during this streak is I don't need to run every day. So if you if you take one thing out of this conversation, it's not that you need to start a streak. It's that you don't need to run every day. That's top of my list, baby. Okay, let's move on. I can run every day that I can run. So there's like an addendum there. I can run every day that I can run. Now, obviously, I've had some major injuries and I've gotten seriously sick before where, no, I I just can't run. But let's just assume to level the playing field for this conversation right now that we're just going to make the assumption that you're healthy and you can run. Well, you can run every day. The people that say you can't run Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you can't run every day if you're hurt, if you're sick. But let's just, again, for the sake of this little part of the conversation, you're not sick and you're not hurt. Then, yeah, you can run today. You don't have to take a day off. You can't run hard every day. You can't run long every day. But you can go for a run just Go for a five-minute run. Go for a two-minute run. Go for a one-mile run or a 1K run. It doesn't always have to be 10K, 15K, 20K, an hour, 40 minutes, 30 minutes. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be incredibly hard. You don't need to finish every run bent over, gasping for breath. You should not be finishing all your runs like that. I mean, you know that if you've been listening to me, you know, but you already know that. The point is you can go for a run. I mean, this is the thing that's always fascinating to me for people like under no circumstances can you run every day. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You can go for go run around the block, especially if you take into account that every run you do, regardless of the distance, is not just about the physical benefits. It's about the emotional benefits, the mindful benefits the spiritual benefits that you can get from going for a run. So it doesn't have to be, well, if you only run for five minutes, what's the physical benefit going to be? I, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know. 
I don't know if in five minutes that much is happening. I don't know if in five minutes that much physically is happening. I do know a heck of a lot is happening emotionally, mindfully, spiritually when I go for a five-minute run. I do know that the halo around my five-minute run lasts well beyond five minutes. It goes into the rest of my day knowing, you know what? I went for a run and it felt good. It felt good to get outside. It felt good to move for a little bit, especially when I've been sitting down and writing all day long or I've been in meetings all day long or I've been driving all day long. Just the ability to go for five minutes. Now, am I suddenly building a massive amount of endurance? You know, is my mitochondria getting bigger? No, no. But do I feel better? Yeah. So don't discount these parts of a run because the physical aspect is not as great as it could have been if you had gone longer or a little bit harder. Not every run needs to do the same thing. Not every run needs to be the same type of run. Not every run needs to have the same benefit. Sometimes the greatest benefit of the run has almost nothing to do with running. It was getting to reconnect with a teammate. It was laughing when you haven't laughed in a while. It was just being able to say, I did that shit. That's right. It's been a rough day. It's been a rough week. It's been a rough year, but I did that. I started to run and I finished to run. You know, is, is it going to bring your mile time down? I, I mean, uh, maybe not directly, but I'll tell you what. Those other benefits, the emotional ones, the spiritual ones, yeah, those aspects of you need to be taken care of if you want to be as physically great as you possibly can. So can you run every day when you can run? Yeah, sure. Just be smart about it. Be intelligent about it. And make sure the run is being done to help you in some way. Which leads me to the next thing that I learned which is running helps me if I accept its help. I mean, this is a really important one. Running helps me if I accept its help. I have learned that every time I go for a run, the run wants me to have a good run. The run wants me to enjoy the run. The run wants me to end the run better than I started. The run is truly altruistic. That's right. The run's just a really great friend that's always there for me when I need it. The run is going to tell me the truth. The run is going to be honest with me. I need to accept that honesty, accept that truth. I need to understand that the run wants what's best for me. And the run will tell me these things. I just have to listen and accept the help. I've gone for runs where guess what? I went in saying, this is what I want. I want to run for an hour, and I want to run hard for an hour. And the run has told me, "Uh uh-uh, not today. You got a lot going on. You've been stressed out. You're getting run down. What you need today is to take it easy. Let's go run for half an hour, and let's go off trail. Let's take those really technical trails because that'll slow you down too. And it'll be a little bit of fun. And there's a couple trails you haven't run before. And I'm like, no, no, no. What I want to do is I want to run hard for an hour. And I want to run on this flat trail that's like 
packed, almost like concrete, and I want to roll, and I want to push myself, and and I start doing it, and the run's like, listen, just a little heads up, like as you can tell, this isn't working, and you're getting upset with yourself, you're starting to self-sabotage a run that is already sabotaged by you doing it when you're not supposed to be doing it, and I'm like, listen, I don't want to listen to you, and they're like, look, you don't have to listen to me. But I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, which is you need to check out of this run and check into the run that I'm talking about. And if I'm open to this conversation, if I'm open to the truth that the run wants me to have a good run, then I will allow myself to take that advice because the run's never lied to me. I've lied to myself. But the run hasn't lied to me. Now, sometimes, you know, you think the run's lying to you because early on in a run you feel terrible, but then in the second half you feel better. No, it's just you were sluggish. You didn't feel great. The run didn't tell you, hey, quit. The run said, don't panic right now. Give yourself some time. Let's see how this goes. And if you start to feel better, fantastic. We can always pick things up. That's, a, that's what the run is telling you. You have the freedom to create a new run. You have the freedom to go back to the original plan if it makes sense. You have the power to control the run. The run is just going to give you honest feedback. As long as you are willing to be honest with yourself on the run. And the run can often give you things on the run you weren't expecting but you needed. You weren't planning for but you got because you needed to have it. Like, for instance, I've gone for runs where I didn't realize just how important it was for me to be outside. And I didn't realize it until where I suddenly had to literally stop and take a picture of the creek I was running over because it was unbelievably magical. I didn't realize how the best part of my day was going to be in the woods. I didn't know how important it was for me to see certain people. I meet them for a run, and next thing you know, I'm like, this was so important to me that I got to see this person, run with this person, have this conversation. I didn't realize how important it was for me to get up out of a chair, go for a run, and sometimes be refreshed, or sometimes reset the day, or sometimes really restart the day. The run offered me that opportunity. I didn't understand that what I didn't need was the 30 minutes of running. What I needed was the 30 minutes of alone time. And running offered me that chance. Running will give you what you need if you accept it. But don't force the run to give you something you want. If what you want is what you need, the run will give it to you. But if what you want is just what you want, and it's something the running can't give you, don't get upset at the run for not giving it to you. Don't get upset at a friend when you say, hey, I need to borrow five bucks, and they don't have five bucks, and now you're mad at them for not having five bucks? What's your problem? It's not their fault. They would give it to you if they had it, but now you're mad at them? for not being able to give you something they don't have? I think you need to take a little time out, my friend. It's the same thing with running. You have a relationship with running. Be a good partner. Running's trying to be a good partner with you, and I learned that. 
Running wants to help me. So I'm open to this conversation. It used to be a very one-sided conversation. I would do the talking running. I'll do the demanding. You just do the giving. You listen and you give. You listen and you give. And if you're not giving me what I want, I am going to blame you for not having it. I am going to resent you for not giving me what I want. What? And I wasn't really sure what I was giving back to running in the first place. So running helps me if I accept it. And that's been a really big game changer for me. Okay, I got another one. Running every day taught me how great a new run is. When you're running every single day, you can have these periods where you're literally running the same run quite a bit. It can happen. It's no one's fault, but it can happen. So you're kind of stuck sometimes in a rut or sometimes it's a self-induced kind of groove. And believe me, a groove, if you're in it long enough, can become a rut. And when you break out of it and you go on a different run, maybe it's because of travel or maybe it's because you got invited out by some friends. Say, hey, let's, let's check out this new trail or let's meet and, and run somewhere that, that can also be new. You can have a place that you've run a number of times before, but because the situation has changed, it's new. So, for instance, maybe you run um, at a specific place every morning, but the next day uh, you run it at night. It's a different run. Or maybe you usually run this, this uh, trail solo, but now you're with a group of people. Or you run with a group of people usually, and now you're running solo. You can always make an old run a new run just by changing a little bit. But sometimes when you do a brand new run, you really understand how magical it is to experience something new, which is also another life lesson. This is about running. This isn't about running. Keep an open mind, y'all. You know what I mean? So a new run can really be a magical thing, which is also... A great thing to tuck back somewhere if you feel like you're losing motivation. If you feel like your running's getting boring, go for a different type of run. And this is another excuse for me to say diversity in your running leads to better running. Diversity in your running leads to more consistency. Diversity in your running leads to you developing as a more diverse runner. And that diversity leads to you strengthening lots of different aspects of what it means to be a runner. So speed runs, and there's all types of speed runs, long runs, short runs, trail runs, road runs, hilly runs, flat runs, group runs, solo runs, do them all. Do them all. And they all offer you something different, which is great. So that was another thing I learned, which is running every day taught me how great a new run is. Okay, here's another one. Running fast is fun. Oh, baby, yes. Running fast is fun. When you run every day for 2,000 days, guess what happens? You run a lot of easy runs, a lot of recovery runs. You do so much running. It's not that fast relative to how fast you can run. So when I do do a speed run, which is not as often as I should, but when I do do one, it is a blast. It is so much fun. Maybe it's going back to that earlier point, well, the previous point, which is a new run is great. Because when I do a speed run, it does feel like a new run every single time. 
The other thing is, is obviously, like I mentioned, there's so many different types of speed runs you can do that you're, you can always be mixing up speed runs so you can always have a new run. But running fast is a blast. And I didn't mean for that one to be a rhyme, but it's a fact. It's true. Running fast is a blast. So mix up your running, not just where you're running. Mix up the paces that you're running, the speeds that you're running every now and again. It is fun. And guess what? It could just be something like adding in some strides once a week. But remember, it's fun to run fast. All right. The little things will take you a long way. Now, I remember thinking one of the biggest impediments to me really getting better at running is the fact that I don't consistently do the big thing, which is the run. But now I do that. I don't have a hard time going for a run. It's not always easy to go for a run, but in general, it's way easier than it used to be. Still can be very, very hard at times, but the big thing, which is the run I'm doing, the little things is what's allowing me to do the big thing. I'll give you some examples. Me making a conscious effort to drink enough water every day. And I'm not saying I'm walking around with like a giant gallon jug, but I do know that if I'm walking by the sink or a water fountain at work or in an airport, I fill it up because I know I'm going to recover better if I'm hydrated. I know I'm going to feel better on a run if I'm hydrated. I know that I'm going to have a better sleep and I'm going to be able to focus more and I'm going to be able to handle stress better if I'm hydrated. That's just a little thing. And I'm not drinking an excessive amount of water. I probably should be drinking even more water, but I'm not drinking the same amount of water I used to. I'm doing a better job. It's a little thing that has made a huge difference in my ability to feel a little better every single day. It doesn't mean I feel great every day, but I don't feel worse because I'm really dehydrated consistently like I used to be. I also know that just a little bit of strength training goes a long way. I don't have a membership to a gym. I don't have a ton of weights at home. But what I do have access to is a floor, which is really important. I know doing some push-ups is going to help me build some strength. I know that doing a whole bunch of core now and again, and again, this doesn't mean like 25 minutes. It means, okay, um, it's a commercial during a Knicks game or a Yankees game. Like I can get on the floor and I can do a one-minute plank. That's going to help. Now, if I litter my day with this like two or three times, it can make a big difference. I know that if I'm waiting for the microwave to be done and I set it for 60 seconds, that I could do a wall sit against the wall. Now, this isn't happening all day long. I'm not some freak who's constantly doing these weird things throughout the day. And it's, I, I should definitely be doing it more, but I'm saying I'm doing it a little bit. And I know it helps. I know it has helped me run as consistently as I have. I know it has helped me have the opportunity to go for a run because I'm not banged up, because I'm a little bit stronger from doing these little things. And that is something I know a lot of you have asked for. What are all these little things? At some point, I will go through all of them, and it makes more sense to do them by video so you can see them. But there's lots of little things like, you know, scissors you can do, flamingos. I have names for all these things, pretzel rods. These, especially when I was coaching high school, this is I used to give them these names so they would know what I was talking about rather than these technical terms because I'm sure there's technical terms for all these exercises. But it looks like you're a pretzel rod when you're doing this. So I just called it a pretzel rod. You look like a flamingo when you're doing this. So I called it a flamingo. But these little strengthening exercises are what kept me strong enough 
to keep coming back to a starting line. Because the simple truth is you can't run consistently unless you're consistently healthy. You can't run consistently unless you're consistently not injured. So what can you do to stay healthy? What can you do to try to be injury-free? And it's usually just little things. It's not big things. It's little things. But it's little things done consistently. So I learned that little things will take you a long way. Okay, here's another one. Plan it, damn it. And you may not find the time, but you can find some time. So these are kind of combined. Plan it, damn it. And you may not find the time, but you can find some time. So this is what I mean by that. The, the easiest runs I've been able to do, okay, were planned. It's when I said, I'm running at 3 p.m. I'm running at 8 a.m. I'm running at 7 p.m. Because then it took the stress out of when am I going to find the time? Well, I know I've got the time at these specific times. Massive. Tammy's huge on planning stuff, which is why she gets so much done. Me, not so much, which is why I don't get as much done. But when I've planned it, damn it, it has worked. The other thing is the understanding that guess what? I may not find the time, but I can find some time. And that goes back to my like five minute rule. Like if you can't do the run you want to do, do the run you can do. That's something that I've said on a lot of guided runs that I know a lot of people love and it's changed the way that they look at running. Well, it changed the way I look at running too. Yes, I'd like to go longer, but I can't. So I'll go less, which is as much as I can do. And if you do as much as you can do, that's a lot. So I also didn't beat myself up. If I could only find the time to run for five minutes, then I wasn't going to beat myself up for not running more. I couldn't. Why would I beat myself up for that? What a stupid thing to do. It makes no sense. It's like beating yourself up for being the height that you are. That's the height you are. Embrace it. It's badass. That height is fully you. Why would you diminish that? It makes no sense. So if you can only run for five minutes... What is the point of beating yourself up for doing all that you can do? Stupid, waste of energy, damaging. Gosh, what, why would we do that? And if you're looking at it as a coach and not an athlete, you'd understand how stupid it is to beat yourself up for doing all that you can do. So plan it, damn it, and you may not find the time, but you can find some time, usually. And if you can't find any time, don't beat yourself up for not being able to find that time. Okay, if you're running, it's a run. That's right. So I know there's probably a few running snobs uh, listening to this, although probably not as many. I don't think running snobs really like to hang out with me because I've got uh, no time for them. You know, I show them no quarter. So if you're running, it's a run. And I'll tell you what that could mean. Obviously, it means you know, the five-minute run or the one-minute run, whatever. Like, if you go for a run, you go for a run. I mean, technically, the dictionary defines uh, a run as the activity of a runner. So it doesn't say you have to run a certain distance, a certain pace, a, a certain speed, none of that nonsense. Like, if, you, if you're running, you're a runner. But this is also what I mean. I've, I've done runs in airport terminals. I've done runs in jeans. Um, I've, I've done runs. I've done runs in more parking lots than I can possibly remember. Um, I've done runs 
I've done runs where I'm not wearing running shoes because I didn't have running shoes with me and I wasn't going to have running shoes with me and I wanted to go for a run and I figured I'm going for a short run. I'll survive. And you know what? I did. So maybe I didn't look the part of a runner running down the street in jeans and a sweater, you know, and some tennis shoes, but I got my run in. So that makes me a runner. And I was doing the activity of a runner, which means I was doing a run. So whether or not I was in some jeans or not, doesn't matter. If you do a run, you're a runner. And if you do a run, it counts. So if you're running, it's a run. I don't care if it's jeans or in the terminal at LAX and you're doing one minute repeats, which is what I had to do because I was like, I'm going to freak somebody out if they just see me like running a lot. So I tried to break it up into like one minute intervals and then I'd recover a little bit. And like you're in the airport, so a lot of people just assume you're, you know, you're missing your flight or you're late for the gate or something like that. I think towards the end, people started to get a little bit weirded out because they're like, does he not know where his gate is? Because he keeps running back and forth. But TSA did not run me down. So I got through that. Okay. I need something every day. That's another one I learned. I need something every day. And I think we all do something that we can look at and say, I did that. And there's a lot of different things that can fill that for you. It doesn't have to be a run. For me, I've been lucky that over the last five you know, plus years, every day I've been able to point to a run. But it could be um, you know, you help somebody out by literally just opening a door for them and they said thank you. And maybe that was the kindest thing that happened to them that day. You should, you should be proud of that. Or maybe um, you listen to some music and you dance for a little bit and it reminded yourself that you're alive and that you have a little bit of joy in your life when you listen to music. Fantastic. Be proud of that. Maybe it is a run. Be proud of that. Maybe you did some core work. Be proud of that. Maybe you made a delicious meal for someone or for yourself. Be proud of that. Maybe you got outside and you walked, you hiked, you got to the end of the driveway and you came back in. I don't know. But you got outside when all day long you were making up excuses for not moving, not getting outside, not getting some fresh air, but you did it. Be proud of that. It doesn't have to be this epic, massive thing. It can just be something. And I need something every day, which means I need to set myself up for success. And a lot of times we can set ourselves up for failure. We cannot give ourselves those starting lines. And by the way, when I mean starting lines, I don't just mean starting line for a run. I mean starting lines for success that you wrote a little bit today. You sang a little bit today. You had a conversation, a tough one that maybe you've been putting off for a long time. You cross these starting lines to accomplish something. And believe me, you can give yourself the opportunity for success every single day. And it doesn't matter how big it is, just like it doesn't matter how long the stupid run is. It doesn't have to be an hour to be a successful run. I've had a lot of five-minute runs that were badass, kick-ass successes that I'm proud of. So give yourself the opportunity to be proud of something and then acknowledge it at the end of the day. It'll set you up for the next day. All right, I need to save my story by sharing my story. Okay, here's something that I'm hoping to do more and more and more, and that's keep a better running log, running journal, running diary. Because as I'm looking back at the last five years plus, I wish I had every single day documented. And I'm not just talking about 
the distance, the duration, the meters, the miles, the minutes. I'm not just talking about that. I mean, it would be nice to have all that because I'm a nerd. I love that stuff. I think it's really great. And you can learn a ton about your running with those metrics. I just wish that I had also written about my day leading into the run and how the run went in terms of literally where did I go? What did I see? How, what was I feeling? Um, and maybe even a little bit about what happened after the run, you know, like maybe I went to a movie or look, a lot's happened in this world in the last five plus years. And a lot of it has been documented, but those are things that are news related, global events, local events, but you want to get hyper local, then the most hyper local you can get is yourself. And there are a lot of days, more days that I don't remember anything about than I do. There are more runs that I don't remember doing than I do remember doing. And what I do know is this. I've run 2,000 plus days in a row. Most of those days and most of those runs, I don't remember. And I have to believe that every single one of those days and every single one of those runs had something that I want to hold on to. Now, I've got running logs from when I was running competitively, 10 plus years of running logs. I love them. I think it's great. Every once in a while, I go down memory lane and uh, I, I read about a certain run and I can remember it. It, it like it serves as like almost like an archaeologist in my mind where I read about a certain day and I'm like, wait a minute, I think I remember this. And then whew, I, I dust it off a little bit and there it is. There's the day. I can remember that dinner that I wrote about. I can remember the show that I went to. I can remember the walk I went on that day like because I wrote about it. So I really wish that uh, I did a better job saving my story. And I know that I can do that by sharing my story. And sometimes that means sharing it on an app like NRC or Strava. It could mean sharing it on social media. It could just mean that I'm sharing it personally to myself in my running log. And that's an opportunity for me to save it. And maybe down the road, I'll want to share it with someone else other than myself. So that's one thing that I've learned over the last five years that I already knew, but the last five plus years have reminded me, I want to save my story. No one has a story like mine. No one has a story like yours. It's a unique story, which means it's an extraordinary story. So I think you should be saving your story too. Because someday you're going to want to share it. Yes, maybe with somebody else, but more than likely you're going to want to share it with yourself. And it's a wonderful thing to have when you're doubting how badass you're capable of being. When you're wondering whether or not you can do something hard. You can go back to this running log, running diary, running journal and say, Oh, I forgot. I am a badass. I can do hard things because I have done badass stuff. I have done hard things. And here's the document. Here's the story about me. So that's something that I wish I did more of. Okay. Here's another thing. And I've only got a couple more. I mean, I, I have a lot more, but I also don't want to turn this into like a three hour podcast. I don't think you would want a three hour podcast. Maybe you do want a three hour podcast. Actually, if you want a three hour podcast, let me know. If you want a two hour podcast, let me know. If these aren't long enough, let me know. I think they're averaging somewhere around probably like 45 minutes, right? 45, 50 minutes. So you let me know 
because you know on on Spotify at least you can actually comment like what'd you think about the episode so feel free to comment there or send me you know a message on social media let me know because again this is I'm doing this for you and for me but I'm doing this for you so if, if you want longer podcasts let me know if you want them to be way 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 shorter maybe just keep that to yourself all right here's another one inspiration is everywhere yeah it's everywhere Okay, on this one, I feel like I, I knew this at the start, but I feel like I should say this because it just reaffirms my belief that inspiration is everywhere. I get asked a lot of times, like, well, what inspires you? And it's like, well, pretty much everything. Like, honestly, like, pretty much everything inspires me. Like, I, I read a lot, it inspires me. I listen to music, music inspires me. Um, around athletes and coaches, uh, they inspire me all the time. You inspire me. Um, people that uh, are out there trying their best, uh, trying to do the right thing, doing the right thing. Nature inspires me. I'm sitting in a hotel room in Austin, Texas right now, and I have this beautiful view of the river, and honestly, just seeing ducks, like just, just grooving on the river, it's inspiring, you know? They're comfortable, they're doing what they wanna do, they're spending some, some time with each other, like, that's fantastic. Check out these ducks, and it's just, I'm looking out the window. I've got people in kayaks going by. They inspire me. It's like 1.30 in the afternoon. They're going for a kayak ride. It's fantastic, you know? I'm near a bridge. Supposedly, there's like a billion bats that live underneath it. I hung out. By the way, this has nothing to do with being inspired. It just reminded me. I, this is kind of a sad story. So I heard that these bats come out at... Uh, um, dusk basically and it's an unbelievable thing to see and I've heard about it and this is the second time I've been to Austin I was nowhere near the bridge last time so I was like oh this is cool maybe I'll get to see it my window overlooks the bridge literally overlooks the bridge so last night I had to be at an event and it was getting close like oh my goodness I'm gonna have to leave but I'll just I'll run there I won't even take like an uber I'll run there because that'll be faster because I want to see these bats and I'm sitting there and I got my camera ready no joke I had my camera ready to to videotape it and the sun's going down and I'm like this is amazing I'm gonna see all these bats and then I started to like worry a little bit I'm like isn't this like the start of every apocalyptic zombie movie like there's some idiot who's hanging out near a bunch of bats and then I get bit and then I go to the airport tomorrow and I start freaking out and then I get on a plane and then by the time the plane lands, we're all a bunch of zombies and whatever. So this is all going through my head. I laughed a little bit, also a little scared. And then the sun sets and there's no bats. And I'm like, something's wrong. So I look it up. The bats leave like at the end of October. Nobody told me that. Nobody told me the bats are only here for a certain part of the year. So anyway, that's that's my story. So I'm inspired by the bats too, I guess, in some way. I'll figure out why I'm inspired by the bats. Right now, I'm just mad at them for not sticking around for me coming at the end of November. But anyway, there is inspiration everywhere. There is inspiration everywhere. And you know what? It's all around you all the time. And if you actually look up the definition of inspire, it has to do with breathing. And I think if you look at inspiration as an act of breathing, you have to take in the oxygen. That is the initiation of to inspire. You have to bring in the oxygen. It's all around you. But if you don't bring it in, it ain't happening. Now, here's the thing that's really cool. No one taught you how to breathe. It is a natural act. I think it is a natural thing to be inspired, but you have to do something you already know how to do, which is bring that inspiration in, okay? 
So I realized that throughout the last 2,000 days because I've been so inspired by so many of you. I've been so inspired by songwriters and artists. I've been inspired by animals and the freaking trees and the job that they do. My point is, it's everywhere. So if you're looking for inspiration, you found it because it's there. You may not realize it, but it's there. Look a little deeper. It's there. It's just like when somebody asks me, like, um, how do I get motivated again? And I usually answer, like, you're already motivated. You were motivated to ask me a question about how to get motivated again. So you have motivation. You may not have as much as you want, but you've got motivation. And motivation, like hope, is one of those things where you don't have to measure how much you got. If you got a little bit, you can create more just off that. All right? So that's something I learned over these 2,000 days. And then the last thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with this because it's simple, and I think I can wrap this up in a nice way. I love running. I, I, I really do. And I should say that more because I talk about running all the time, but I think I need to say those words more. And I think it's a good lesson to say this is about running and this is not about running. I need to say I love more. No, it doesn't diminish what you love or what the meaning of love is. What, what garbage. What absolute garbage. Oh, well, you know, if you say you love everything, then you love nothing. Well, maybe you love everything, which you don't because you're not going to say you love everything. There's lots of things you don't love. But if there's something that you really care about, if there's something out there that you're willing to sacrifice for, if there's something out there that you feel passionate about, that you want to share with other people, that you want to make sure you can protect, that you can cultivate, if there's something that you feel is bigger and larger than you and helps you be a better version of yourself, then yeah, you love it. And I love running. So that's what I've learned, relearned, over these last 2,000 days. Plus, and just to let you know, I haven't run yet today. I'm going to, I think, but I haven't run yet today. So how wild would it be if I recorded this and this was also the day that I just said, you know what, not today. And that may happen. I'm okay with that. I hope you're okay with it too. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't be okay with it, but... I hope you're okay with it too. And if you're not okay with it, well, then get over it anyway. The point is, thank you for listening today. Thank you for being a part of these 2,000 days because you have been a part of this. Whether it's sharing your wins or, or admitting that you're struggling, whether it's listening to this podcast, inviting me along on your runs, celebrating successes, asking for advice, offering advice, you have been a part of this. So thank you. Thank you. And if you're looking for something to be proud of today, if you're looking for something to celebrate and you're having a hard time, celebrate the fact. Be proud of the fact that you helped somebody run more and run more consistently than they ever have in their life. Because that's what you've done for me. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. And until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and I'll meet you on your next starting line. Thank you so much for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast today. And if you're not already following or subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, well, I really wish you would because it helps a lot. 
Also, check out the show notes because you'll find a link to Coach Bennett's newsletter, as well as all the social media sites that I'm on. Places like Threads and Facebook and Instagram and Mastodon and YouTube and even the artist formerly known as Twitter, whatever that dumpster fire is called today. You'll find a link to it because I'm on there. Thank you so much again for listening. And until next time, take care of yourself.